As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. A lot of the sexual challenges that couples face really originate in the woman's head. If she has body image issues, shame and guilt and trauma, or the inability to get out of her head, there's almost nothing her man can do. I'm Allie Wolf, an Emmy-winning journalist and mom. I love interviewing women and experts who inspire us to create fulfilling lives and careers while embracing the messy and beautiful reality of being a mom. This is the Mom's Calling Podcast. Welcome back to Mom's Calling, episode 29. It is the beginning of February, at least when this episode is originally airing. So naturally, I'm bringing you an episode all about love and intimacy. We shouldn't just think about it around Valentine's Day, but since it's timely, here we go. And I'm not going to lie, it was a little nerve-wracking for me. I was a little apprehensive to dig into this subject because I guess I'm naturally a little modest, maybe a little prim, a little private, but intimacy is a huge part of relationships. It can go by the wayside once we have kids, once our lives get more and more complex. We have less time in general, less time to ourselves, and less time with our significant others. So today, we're going there with the help of my guest, Debbie Marielle Elzia. She is an intimacy specialist helping women create loving, sexy relationships. She's also a mother, and her career has taken a lot of twists and turns. She started as a flight attendant, then became an attorney and a psychotherapist. She spent about a decade in what she calls a sex and love-starved, unhappy marriage, Now, she is happily married and working as a love and sex coach. In this episode, Debbie shares her expertise and her outlook on relationships, marriage, and intimacy. She shares incredible insights and tips that you can apply to your life. We discuss how to have a loving and strong relationship after having children, how to prioritize your relationship and get back to that fun, that spark that excited you in the beginning. She also talks about why putting your kids first is not always the best way to be. In fact, she says it's not the best way to be at all. Debbie also says there's a difference between male and females and our experiences in life and that understanding that can help our relationships. I want to say maybe you are a strong feminist and you might not agree with that statement or what Debbie has to say. You might not agree with everything you hear in this episode or on this podcast in general, but the goal is to use this conversation and apply it to your life, to think about your relationship and use these tips and this perspective to help you. With that, let's get to the conversation with Debbie. Debbie, welcome to Mom's Calling. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. 
Thank you. It's good to be here. So I think that relationships can be tough to talk about. I don't know if you find that. Do you think that it falls into the same kind of category as talking about money and politics sometimes where talking about sex and intimacy can be tough, right? Yes. In fact, before I got into this field, I did not realize quite how taboo it was because I'm a person that loves to talk about relationships. And someone pointed out to me, you can talk about sex like other people say, pass the butter. <laughs> so I love to do that. But I've, I've noticed, uh, you know, the way people tend to clam up when sexuality t- uh, comes up. And so I've really had to adjust to that, how taboo it still is. Even though we live in this culture that's like so sex crazed and sex is everywhere, it's like when people relate to it personally, that's like there's a lot of shame, guilt, or maybe they're just, you know, not satisfied and embarrassed about it and don't know what to do because we're not talking about it and talking about something normalizes it. It's natural. We were all made from sex, for goodness <laughs> sakes. That's the reason we're all here. So it is one of the primary drives. It's instinctual. It's, you know, we've been doing it since the before the dawn of time and yet we still can't talk about it it is so so true and we are going to talk all about it today but before we get into all the juicy topics that we're going to get into i want to hear your story tell us i mean you said you always like to talk about sex but that wasn't always your career so how did you get to where you are today i think i've, I've always been kind of you know sexual and relationship and a little bit boy crazy and things like that and then i found myself in a sex starved marriage not my choice his choice. And I found myself an untouched woman for almost a decade. And so I had a lot of time to think about this. And in the meantime, I had a different career. I was an attorney. Uh, I was a mother. Debbie got divorced and now she's happily married to a new man. She also took a career pivot inspired by two things, her admiration for radio talk show host, Dr. Laura Schlesinger, and her love and passion for romance and intimacy. I became a Colorado psychotherapist, but I don't really use psychotherapy methods. I use coaching methods because my philosophy is that female sexuality in particular is complicated. And if your sex life, your love life, your relationship is not all you think it can be, it's not necessarily the result of trauma and childhood issues and things like that. It's actually a result of maybe you just don't have the skills. And I refer out mental illness and trauma, but I help women who are otherwise healthy, but struggling because there's so many, they don't get the intimacy and the loving connection they want. They have low desire. They have a lack of sexual pleasure or interest. And all of that can be changed. How hard or easy was it for you to leave a career as an attorney and to dive into this new career, which is totally different? Yeah, I mean, I've always been a lifelong learner. And this, I mean, to tell you the truth, it seems quite simple compared to the law. (laughs) But on the other hand, I, I do try to simplify everything. Like it's not that complicated. If we just make some simple shifts, like incorporating gratitude and self care into our lives so that we show up happy happier and in a better mood and things, suddenly our man is not that complicated. He wants his woman happy. He wants you in a good mood. And, and so I, I've always think I've related to that male side of like simplicity and helping women in the modern age interpret what it's like in guy world and how to get the best out of your man. It's actually surprisingly 
simple. Yeah. And so I know that you talk about the differences, the kind of natural male, female differences. And of course, some people fall on different sides of a spectrum, but what are those? How can we better understand? Yeah. So the male, female experience through life is quite different. And we're growing up in a, in a society that tends to blur these distinctions. And yet here, here's the challenge we have hundreds of thousands of years of homo sapiens and we were hunters and gatherers. The men were the hunters and the warriors. The women were the gatherers. We always had a bunch of children to take care of, right? While going out and foraging for food and being in bands of women and communicating, you know, in nature while men were hunting, they were like, shh, quiet, plan, focus, you know, they the, look how mine, they love the quiet, right? And we love the conversation because we're, we're a gatherer. How do we keep ourselves safe when we're out on a hike or something out in nature? Make noise, keep the predators away. But a man's a hunter, shh, focus, single task focus, right? So we have hundreds of thousands of years as hunter gatherers, we have this much civilization, right? Agriculture's only been around a few thousand years. Civilization, barely around. Feminism, this much, you know, nothing. We haven't adjusted largely to adapt our male and female natures to modern society. And in your men, you got a frustrated hunter and warrior in there. And with women, we're a nurturer and connector and gatherer, but we're forced to go out and hunt in the workforce and things like that. And it's exhausting, right? It's not necessarily our natural way of being. So just understanding that we have for most men, most of the time, or most women, most of the time, not always, not everybody, not always, we have a kind of a comfort zone that comes from hundred thousands of years of our ancestors and learning to relate to that is so eye-opening because a lot of times we take things personally that we're not the same, that we don't respond to things the same. We have entirely different perspectives and it's not personal. It's just the way we were made and in sexuality, especially. Well, on a quick side note, I think it's really, really interesting the approach you take at looking back because I think, and I don't know if you find this in your work that in society today, there's this kind of, you can't talk about, you know, what, how women are and how men are, and it's very feminist. And I think it's very politically correct. So do you find that to be difficult when you have these conversations about men and women? Because I have definitely noticed that societal shift. Have you? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and I only tend to attract people that can relate to this. Like, yeah. oh, thank God, somebody's saying what I've always sensed. Right. Right. That I've raised boys and I've raised girls and they're different. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of young, a lot of modern women are being fed a bunch of BS that they should be having sex like a man when it's, you know, having, I mean, not to say that men crave meaningless sex, but you know, young men, for sure. They kind of like that hunt, that chase, the survival of the species depends on them, you know, procreating and such. And so I think a lot of young women are being kind of sold this meaningless uh, sexual approach. Whereas my approach, and this is what I attract with my clients is I attract women that want lovemaking. They want commitment. They want monogamy. They want lovemaking. They're not necessarily the most kinky or polyamorous type of people because there are certainly some people that that is their thing, but I still do not believe that is the majority of women. 
I don't know about you, but winter is taking its toll on my skin and no one wants to feel dry and dehydrated. But I have a solution for you. The Way Melrose Place Body Cream will quench your thirsty skin and leave it feeling silky smooth. That is what we want. High quality nourishing ingredients will provide hydration that'll prevent dry and icky skin this winter and really all year long. Experience the new Way Melrose Place Body Cream and Body Cleanser. Your body, your way. Go to theway.com, that's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, and use code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get 15% off your entire purchase. That is 15% off your whole order at theway.com, and use the code BELIEVE. I want to get back in talking about how can understanding the traditional feminine versus masculine tendencies and urges, how can we understand that and then apply it to our own relationships and love life? So I start with helping women to understand in my coaching that, you know, your man is different from you, right? He sees the whole world, you know, the world through a different kind of lens, Mm -hmm. And one of the major things that a man sees in his lens is respect, right? Am I being respected? And a woman is, am I being loved, connected, protected, right? So we see things quite differently and we get the best out of our man by giving a man a few, the few simple things that he craves. And one of which is respect. Another is attention. And a lot of this can go down the drain once we start having babies. The relationship starts to go in a negative that it may never recover from the more children that are added to it when the man is not only, he doesn't have your attention anymore. He doesn't want to have to compete with his own children for your attention. So it's really important and it's showing respect for him to still continue to make him your man, to make him still a priority in your life. And part of that has to do with keeping his love tank full, which is often the way it is a man's heart is often through sexuality. I mean, we can't put our sexuality off until our children are 18 and out of the house. We need to connect as lovers because that is often for most men, the key to opening up their hearts. Yeah. And I like that it's kind of simple because you think about it and they want to be seen and acknowledged and appreciated. And I think that, as you said, when you have a child, a young child, and you're trying to balance career and all of the demands of children and adjusting your lifestyle. And I do think that sometimes the relationship was kind of the biggest thing first, but it goes down on the lower, lower on the checklist of needs. And so how do you then go in and shift that and to, you know, put more effort into that. I like that term you use the love tank. You know, what are some of those first steps that a couple can take to get things on a better track? Sure, sure. I mean, there's an adage that says that men marry women hoping they won't change, whereas women marry men hoping to change them, right? Yeah. What were you like? When you wanted your husband to marry you, when you wanted him to fall in love with you and be your man and, and marry you. Okay. So, so I might, you know, take a a woman through like an exercise. What were you like? Were you, were you playful? Were you funny? Were you sweet? Were you flirty? Were you touching his guns and saying, Ooh, nice guns. You know what I mean? Like, how are you different as his girlfriend? And what can we do to bring more of that back 
into your relationship because that's what he fell in love with. And it's fun to be his girlfriend. It's not fun to be your man's mother, to be nagging him. It kills the erotic energy when you mother your man because it's unnatural for a man to desire his mother or a woman to desire her child. So stop that, you know, whatever you're doing to, to mother, nag, criticize, let's replace that. I love that you brought that up in thinking back to, you know, that kind of magical phase of when you're dating, you're now husband and the idea of play. And I think so much of those early stages are kind of that sense of wonder and everything's new. Everything's kind of fun. Are there any ways that you can incorporate that? And because it can be very difficult when you're exhausted and having kids is exhausting. So do you have any good strategies for setting aside that time or even just that moment and making it? special in order to kind of bring in that spark to your relationship again? Yeah, it's really important to prioritize intimacy and lovemaking both and to set aside time for it, whether it requires you to get a babysitter to take the child out or, you know, a friend or relative or something like that, so that you have this time set aside. Because if you're both waiting till you're both in the mood, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's going to be like what, 11 o'clock at night, you're both tired. You want to get sleep. That happened when you were dating, right? That happened when things were brand new. That's very unlikely to happen. It's a recipe for a sex starved marriage. So yes, absolutely. Setting aside a time, let's say, you know, once a week for intimacy and not necessarily date night, because that's, that can be kind of a chore to go out and, you know, spend money and make conversations and just talk. I mean, physical touch is what this is about. This connecting is about. So setting that aside and, and looking at it differently as the woman. So if you see it as a chore because you don't really enjoy it or you have no desire, then you're not going to really enjoy your date nights, your intimacy nights, let's say. So what do you need to do? And my philosophy is that a lot of the, the sexual challenges that couples face really originate in the woman's head. If she has body image issues and shame and guilt and trauma or the inability to get out of her head and distractions and judgment and relax, there's almost nothing her man can do to make this pleasurable for her if she's all stuck up in her head. So do the work it takes to make the, this an enjoyable experience for you. And it, you know, it may originate with you and not just be him. He's not a magician. How is he supposed to, to work it? He doesn't even know what it's like to be you, a female in a female body and things like that. And the response, desire, arousal, they're all so different. And every woman is different. And she changes yeah. throughout yeah. her lifetime and even throughout the month. Important than peace of mind nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all of the threats you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. For, to give you peace of mind while you're online and with all of the threats you face today on the internet it is and plans start at under four dollars a month vpn you can get exclusive nordvpn deal go to nordvpn.com slash believe activity most servers and next gen encryption to make sure everything you do online stays secure nordvpn plan plus one additional month for free it's also risk-free with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee plus one additional month for free it's also risk-free with nord 
Lord's 30-day money-back guarantee under $4 a month. Debbie has come up with seven things women need for a great intimate relationship. So first of all, we need knowledge, sex ed that's pleasure-based, not like the scare tactics that we got in high school, right? You know, that what's the difference between arousal, desire, libido? They're all different. And then on top of it, not only do we need to know kind of the anatomy of the arousal, but we also need to know what we like, what this specific woman likes. Then they need worthiness and confidence. I mean, mm. no one's going to be able to climax if they're sucking in their belly. Work on acceptance and confidence and value. Number four is time. The female body takes like 10 times longer than the male body to get fully aroused. Then there is creativity. Bedroom boredom is hard for both sides. It causes a lot of sex-starved, intimacy-starved marriages. How do you know what you like? You haven't tried it. Embodiment is a big one for women getting into their senses as opposed to up in their heads. And finally, number seven is emotional connection. How do you create the safety in your relationship that you can create an atmosphere of being sexual explorers together. Many of women don't speak up about what they want. First of all, they don't know, right? They just know they don't want that. <laughs> but that's not really very helpful to a man yeah. to say, don't do that. That's perceived yeah. as criticism. And men are very sensitive about their performance yeah. as lovers. So how do we... Um, create an atmosphere where we can have the safety to be explorers together and be like, let's try new things in a way that is connecting and not perceived as critical. And that is an art and a science. That is also creating the relationship with your husband outside the bedroom that feels respectful and safe and nurturing towards you. That's creating the relationship outside the bedroom that then translates into this intimacy in the bedroom as well. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit more about how we as women can get the relationship that we want and get our men to, I don't want to say do what we want them to do, but basically how we can get them to, you know, cooperate more with us so we can have a more cohesive relationship as a whole. Yeah, that reminds me of some coaching I do about how to get your man to help out more. How do you get your man to help out more with the new baby, with the household, with other things? And there actually is, it's, I'll explain it. Gratitude versus expectations. It's how you ask, right? Mm -hmm. Do you ask sweetly so that he gets the opportunity to score points, right? Are men competitive? Do they like to score points? Yes. How do they score points with a woman? They make her happy. They make her grateful. Thank you. They get sex. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be above it. Don't be above it, right? You know, keep his keep his love and sex tank full. Don't be even be above dangling it. Oh, you're so sweet to do that. You got this waiting for you in the bedroom, baby. <laughs> How to get more help out of a man. So let him score points, get gratitude. Don't micromanage him when he is doing something for you. Because if he's gonna walk into helping you, even with the baby, if he, he his style is not the same as yours but it's not wrong. Don't tell him how to parent your child because then it's just criticism. Criticism makes him not want to do that. You know, I mean, men get criticized because they don't load the dishwasher right. Stop. If you want help, your man's help, please don't let your perfectionism, also known as how you would do it, go. And he will want to help much more by showing appreciation, keeping his love tank full with having a, a sexy relationship and being his girlfriend. My husband and I call that like the positive feedback loop. And the more I do for him, the more he wants to do for me. And then you're in this positive cycle of making each other happy versus then you're angry that he didn't do things the way you want to do it, or he made a mess. And then, so you are rude back and then you're in that negative spiral. So yeah, it's so simple, but it's such a, a powerful switch in 
in how your relationship dynamic is. So from there, I saw, I don't know if you wrote this or if you posted it, but you said um, that putting your kids first is not the best way um, to be. So I would love it if you can talk a little bit about this, because I think it is common again, when you have kids, they take up so much of your time, especially early on. And I think a lot of parents put their kids before their husband. So talk about this a little bit. Oh yeah. I think I wrote something <laughs> about, are you honoring your children and parenting your husband? Ooh, that's interesting. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't go quite so far to say I'm parenting, you know, cause we talked about already, we tend to lump our husband in there with like needing to be told what to do and mothered and things like that. Right. So that's hazardous on no numerous fronts, including that it shows him disrespect and it makes him not want to be helpful and things like that, right? Giving all of your attention to your children. I mean, really, do you really want your husband to have to compete with your kids for your attention? Isn't that kind of a, not a very nice thing to do with the person that you took vows to love, honor, and cherish? So we have to make some time to be his sensual, sweet, playful girlfriend. And not be resentful that he needs attention, right? Because that's going to cause us to have a husband that's emotionally cut off or nasty. And then we spiral, right? Then we're trying to get it back years later after years of resentment and things like that. So I would say if you if you haven't let it spiral out of control, you know, put a stop to that and start making the marriage the cornerstone of your family. If you've already done that, let's, you know, like my coaching methods are, starting with how do you reduce your stress, your overwhelm so that you show up happier and more available. And this is proven that you can do this. We are responsible for our own happiness, even though it seems like we'd like to say, I'm not happy. It must be him. We are the ones that are responsible for our own happiness and positive psychology now proves this. So that's what I use in my coaching methods is to reduce your stress and overwhelm and then understand your man's nature and relate to him in a way that makes him want to please and delight you and be your hero. And then the third step is, you know, how do we enjoy our lovemaking together? Because that can melt a ton of relationship grievances and, you know, make him want to rise up and be more helpful with the kids and such. So it kind of all fits together. It seems like there's a lot of different scenarios and relationships where things go sideways, but they all kind of come back to that. Yeah. When, when things are going right, they seem to all go right. And with that, I wanted to ask you, cause you mentioned leaving your first marriage that you said was sex starved. How do you know when there's a relationship and a love life that can be repaired versus when you just need to walk away. Yeah. Um, I would say mine was also, there was an addiction issue. Addiction is really hard to combat against. Okay. Uh, not, not impossible, but you know, if that's an issue, then that's a problem. Physical abuse, you know, that's another thing to go get safety. If the person is incapable of being faithful, for instance, but otherwise, if you married a good person and they were good at the beginning, and I often ask that on my intro calls with women, well, you know, cause they, they start to bash on their man, right? Do, 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 do. Oh, he sounds terrible. Right. If I just hear one side of the story, what was it like at the beginning? Oh, it was wonderful. Then I'm like, okay, then it can be wonderful again. Then it's a relationship issue. He's not a bad person. He doesn't have bad character. Then it's a relationship issue. You're getting the worst out of him and men who feel disrespected and neglected and things like that. They can act nasty. They can act emotionally distant. That's just natural for a man, a warrior, armor. His armor's up. You're not in there anymore. You are not in there anymore. 
because we blew it right <laughs> off in the case. You know? It's really easy to understand that distinction and to, to look at your relationship um, if people are having issues. With that, I wanted to know what are some of the best pieces of advice that you hear and the worst? Because I'm sure you, you hear some <laughs> bad advice as well. Well, I gave you some advice at the beginning that I think is the worst, which is a lot of women are told that sex is kind of meaningless, right? It's all about chasing orgasms, right? So it's just a physical thing and it's not about lovemaking. So I think that's bad advice is that I think it's coming from porn. It's not really advice. Like nobody's telling you this necessarily, but porn is everywhere. Even if you're not watching it, your man probably has watched it a thousand times before he, you know, met you. Uh, (laughs) So it's everywhere. It's just so ubiquitous and it gives the wrong impression. There is no loving, honoring, cherishing, lovemaking. There's not even a plot anymore. So it's giving a terrible impression of what lovemaking is. So that is bad advice. What is good advice? Well, I think anything to do with loving, emotional, connected lovemaking. I'm not sure who else is talking like this. I never hear anybody talking like I'm talking, Mm -hmm. right? Been erased in the therapy curriculum. It's not mainstream anymore. In the therapy community, they're not learning this. They're taught to eliminate bias which is male, male, female gender differences and things like this. That's called bias. And that is to be eliminated. Men and women are different. We're not just trying to irritate each other. We're different. (laughs) Right. Now to a question from my last guest. What is her favorite couple's sex help book? I'd recommend the Dr. Laura Schlesinger book, The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. Some people are really rankled by that title and why isn't mm-hmm. it the proper care and feeding of wives? And she always says, because it's the woman that has all the power to change the dynamic of the relationship. If mama's not happy, nobody's happy, right? There's no equivalent saying, right? But a woman does have the power to set the tone of the family and the relationship. So that's why she wrote the book is to help women understand their men are simple. They have just some, some needs. And if these are met, he will be the wonderful man you fell in love with, who wooed you, your hero. And so I would start with that book. Okay, perfect. Well, now I want to talk about what you offer and the coaching services you offer. Tell us all about it right now and where people can get in touch with you. Is it virtual? How does it work? Yeah. So I offer coaching that is virtual via Zoom and and telephone. It falls under two categories. One is very relationship oriented, but um, bringing your best self forward. What happens when you show up in a better mood, uh, less stress, less overwhelmed. And this is life coaching plus positive psychology. And then the, the beauty of that is notice when you do that, your man is dynamically attracted to you, right? He is drawn to you magnetically when you show up happier and in a good mood. So how do we get you less stress and in a good mood? And um, then the next part is that like understanding and relating to your man in a way that makes him want to please and delight you. And the third part is the physical bonding and the joy. So I can also take that out. If your relationship is good, but your sex life is not so good, we can also just focus on that because there's a lot of aspects to it from everything from like sexual fitness, like increasing your sensitivity, your, um, you know, your responsiveness, your sexual fitness to tantric sacred sexuality. I'll teach you techniques from the world of sacred sexuality, which is work beautifully, even if you or your man are not ultra spiritual, 
So it's almost like you get a therapy session for your whole relationship and a coaching session session where you can actually take these resources, these tools and apply them to your life immediately. And that's the thing. It's un- unlike most therapy, it's not backward looking. Mm-hmm. I actually have in my coaching agreement, a no excessive venting about the past, no man bashing. I have your permission to keep us on track and positive moving forward moving because we can't change the past. We can only change the present and the future. Yeah. Interesting. It mostly doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. So I want people to know where they can find you and actually reach out to you. So go ahead and just give us all the details for that. Yeah. My business is called more intimacy. It's at moreintimacy.net. And I chose that name on purpose because intimacy means two things to do different people, pretty much depending on what gender you are. Ask a woman what intimacy means to her. And she'll say like all this, you know, deep emotional connection, conversation, closeness, right? Mm-hmm. Ask a man what intimacy means. What does he think? Sex. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, again, we can't hate each other for our differences. We are built differently. Let's both get the intimacy we want in our relationship. I have a lively Facebook group that I post every day, and it's called More Intimacy in Marriage for Women. I also have a YouTube channel, lots of videos on there too, but I invite women who are listening to this to set up a complimentary call with me. So we d- we get you clarity on what your vision is for your relationship, what your challenges are. And if it seems to be a fit, I can explain how my coaching specifically would help you. They can set that up on my website. You can book a complimentary call with me. Okay, perfect. Well, Debbie, thank you so much. This was such an eye-opening conversation and I think a really important one. So thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.